Hey guys, so here we are in the Real Estate Influencer Buzz podcast for today's Sip Social Self. And I'm very excited. This has been the month of my Canadians and I have the fabulous Sarah Kalki on today. She's from Edmonton. She's with Remax. She's a badass, by the way. We love, love, love it. And so thanks for coming on the show today. Um, we're going we're gonna to have fun with this. Welcome to the Real Estate Influencer Buzz Podcast with Michelle B, a midlife mama of millennials, wife, South Florida realtor, marketer, lifestyle blogger, and fan of an Oki Chardonnay who loves a niche life. Each week, she'll be sharing her real-life marketing and branding tips from influencers in and out of real estate, bloggers, and social media stars. Buckle up for a side of sassy, a sprinkle of sparkly, and entertaining conversations with influencers who share their secrets to grow their businesses. Sit back and get comfortable with your favorite drink. Let's start today's Sip Social Sell Sesh. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yay. So, um, you know, it's funny. I always say to people, social media is such a great connector and through other people that we're friends with, we've somehow connected and we're both with Remax and I just share with Sarah, I'm Canadian and I just you know, I don't always tell people that. I don't know why. It's just I've been down in Boca for so long. Um, but I'm fascinated by your story in real estate and what you've done. And we have a little bit of a common denominator because I have a lifestyle blog here called Hashtag So Boca and you have Walkable Edmonton. But along with that, I'm so impressed that you, you're a solo agent, correct? Yeah, and you sell 100 homes a year, average? Yeah, right about 40, $45 million in production, 100 homes a year. Yep. That's amazing. So first and foremost, uh, tell everybody just a little bit about yourself, and then I want to get into the nitty-gritty of that piece of it, because I think as, as this recording, it's a new year, and people and agents want to know, how can I be a solo agent? Not everybody necessarily wants to be on a team or start a team, and so... Let's just get into the nitty gritty of it, Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got started in real estate. I actually have a classical music degree of all the random things. I'm, I'm the person of random careers. And um, I really wanted to buy a pony, like legit, like po pony. Um, I don't always wear this shirt, but it's perfect for today. So no, I like it. <laughs> and it's hard to buy a pony if you're a classical musician. It's a really, really hard life to lead, unfortunately. So as much as I loved it, I was like, man, I don't, you know, it's hard to be a musician and make enough money. So I worked just randomly. There's my husband um, walking by. I, I started working for a family friend who is a real estate agent and just like really part-time assistant. And then I got hired by the Remax office in Edmonton at one of them to answer the phones. So my career in Remax began very humbly, front desk receptionist. Good morning, Remax Real Estate. Good morning, Remax Real Estate. That was my job. And then I worked in the conveyancing department and uh, then I became a full-time assistant and paid my dues for five whole years. That was my whole entire wow. Five years as an assistant, became a licensed assistant. Only I only became licensed, not because I thought I'd be a realtor, but because they were taking away the challenge 
uh, portion. So you could just like go in and write the exam and be a realtor. And one of the assistants down the hallway was like, Sarah, they're taking this away. Like she was on the ball. She's like, you got to go take the exam. And it was next week. And I was like, dude, I don't have time for this. Like, I don't want to be a realtor. Like, God forbid I'd be a realtor. Like to me still, even though I was, just, I was like, it's like the worst career ever. So cheesy and old school. And like, yeah, even though I was in the industry, I, I actually thought I was going to go and like do something else. But you know, I, one thing led to another and I stuck around and in 2010, it was cold Turkey. I went from being an assistant to moving to a different office. I took not a single lead, no email addresses, no clients. It's just not how I operated. I wanted to start, you know, with integrity, square one on my own and um, did that. And then here I am, you know, nine years later um, with a really great, like totally shocking privilege of being the number one Remax agent in Edmonton uh, for 2019 and really funding the dreams of owning horses. I have five horses now and get to do it all um, because of the many lessons I've learned along the way. So let's talk about that. Um, as, as an agent, what do you think the number one lesson is or was that you learned that helped propel you into doing what you're doing now? I think that the top lesson is focus and intention. Um, you know, I think in our business and, you know, you know, real estate, you're a real estate influencer, you know, you have that, you're, you know, you were just telling me online, you're like a um, part of the Remax influencer, like panels and you get it really well that real estate, especially, you know, being a you know, top producer is very much about image about uh, how much you're making. And I always found, you know, it's easy to make a lot of sales in real estate when your focus is making a lot of sales, you know? And so I got to a point in 2015 where I was finally at the point, you know, as a young agent, I was getting to do some speaking and people were really looking up to what I did. And, you know, there I was at elite retreat with all of, you know, the top Remax people really thinking kind of like on the surface that I had it made because my focus and intention had really been make a lot of money and be a winner, you know, win at appointments, win at sales. The problem was that I think a lot of us have, um, who have a singular focus of making a lot of money and selling a lot of real estate is when that's your only focus, that's all you get in your life. And my dream of owning horses was a lie. I owned a horse, but I almost never rode. Um, I was married and my marriage sucked. You know, it wasn't like we had any, you know, really exciting stuff. Like our, our biggest problems were like, I was just working all the time and my husband missed me. Like that's a pretty good marriage problem to have, <laughs> you know, like that was our, our big problem. Um, and I had a two-year-old daughter that I was missing um, a lot of her actual growing up. You know, I was there every night religiously for bedtime. Um, I was there as a big part of her life, but I didn't get a lot of time, you know, sitting on the floor, relaxing when my phone wasn't going off and I was really truly present. So what I realized is I was like, well, my focus is only on making more money uh, and more money. I meant GCI, you know, being the winner. Right. And I had to decide 
the focus and intention of my life was really lacking. You know, I always say, you know, a lot of us get trapped in the rich, hot, famous uh, hamster wheel where we're just trying to be, you know, like influencers, right? Like you're, you're supposed to make all this money, be the number one person, be super wealthy, wear beautiful clothes, um, be super hot. You know, now it's the, the age of Instagram butt selfies. Like, oh my God, like now you also have to have like a butt program in your workout program. Like all I see, I swear, when I look, like if I've been looking on my phone for like Instagram yeah. stuff um, and like workout videos, it's just all about like, butts <laughs> which is so weird and and then being famous like bum yeah it's, it's, it's kind of interesting so I, I, I really learned I was like okay you know I, I spent that one day at the elite retreat with Darren Hardy and he kind of boxed all of our ears a little bit. He's like, you're all stupid. You're all lazy. You're all way underperforming. He was really mean, actually. Um, but in a really good way, like he kind of woke us all up. And so I went home. I bought a super out of my league cutting horse. And cutting horses, for people who don't know, they're kind of like a Western vet horse. It's not actual like fork and knife cutting a cow. It's like a um, you cut one cow out of the herd. Um, and it's this beautiful sport and it's amazing. And the horses are the heroes. And I had no business doing it. I grew up in the city. I wanted to do cutting and cow horse more than anything on the whole planet, but I wasn't doing any of it. So I was like, screw it. I went, I bought this really expensive horse. Everybody thought I was insane. And I showed up and I just started showing. And my first show, my hat fell off, which like you'd probably be more dignified if you died than if your hat fell off. Like you'd look like oh, just so much of a no okay, um, It's a big oh, deal. God. You know, I looked beyond dumb. And anyways, but I did it anyway. And then, you know, show after show after show, I just kept putting myself out there. I started really taking time. I, you know, got my husband and I into um, marriage counseling and not because we were about to get divorced, but more because it was like, we can do this better. You know, if you've ever seen a seller DIY ceramic tiles uh, and how bad they look usually, like that's what a lot of our yeah. life looks like when we're trying to DIY our marriages and our finance plans and even our business plans. So I got really serious. We, you know, dialed down, we learned as cheesy as it was, love languages. And I started to really change my mindset that my focus only being on money and winning was really stupid. Um, it was really short-sighted and it was really, um, you know, based on just trying to really provide for my family, which isn't that bad. But the result of it was that I was trying to build a better life, but I was having a horrible life at the same time, which is weird. So the more I started to focus on... Yeah, that's, I don't think that's weird. Yeah. I don't think that's weird at all. I've been married 30 years. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's weird. I think you go through ebbs and flows with your relationships and you have health issues, you have wealth issues, you have business issues. Um, you're not always on the same page. You're not always on the same page and, um, shit happens. And, um, I'm kind of like, Let, let's fix this because we've got too much time vested. So I appreciate what you're saying and being married to real estate agents is not easy. Oh God, no. I can't imagine. My husband works with me um, as well. He's a photographer by trade. So he works with me right. 
I, that would actually be really tough too, because um, if you're going to do really well at your job, you have to have really good standards and you have to always bring a spirit of excellence of everything that you do. And so working right. with me is like, I'm like, okay, you know, it needs to be perfect all the time. So it's very exacting and it, it, he's very good at his job. So we, it obviously does work, but um, you have to really back up in this world and what I, the strange byproduct of starting to really take care of myself physically, take care of my dreams, really have more joy in my life. Like I find a lot of joy in just winning. I'm just, that's my personality type. I just love winning. But when I started to realize what my metrics were for winning in other areas of my life, the more I won at those, the more real estate I would sell. And it, it really surprised me at first because I kind of thought, okay, you know, I'm going to take a step back. Even this last year, I was like, I'm, you know, my plan was to sell not a hundred homes, to sell maybe 70, 60, um, and not try and, you know, like by no means was I trying to go for like number one Remax agent in Edmonton, like God forbid, like all of that stuff. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to speak more. I'm going to build out my coaching programs. I'm going to, um, you know, build this Facebook group that uh, you're part of, you know, the badass women of real estate, awesome. build a podcast, have retreats, like do all of this other stuff. But the real estate business just kept on growing, I think, because it's a business where if your intention and your focus is always making lives better, that's my motto. You know, everything I do, I just want to make lives better and um, have a spirit of excellence, you know, bring my A game every day. I'm the kind of person I can't do that if I'm not living a life that's really well-rounded and the more well-rounded my mm -hmm. life is, the more the real estate business seems to kind of tick and work on its own, which is really cool. So that's really the path, you know, from zero to a hundred a year um, for the last several years selling, you know, that 40, $45 million mark um, as an individual agent um, has really been about being very intentional, living my life. And then when you're intentional, you don't really waste your time. And I think that that's a really big thing. You know, my focus is really like, what's it going to take to get this the best outcome for this client that's always my focus it's not like how do i get so much more business in i'm like how do i bring the best how does my every post that i put actually make somebody's life better how does my lifestyle campaign when they see a post that they're happy to see our content that they look forward to our newsletter every week that you know we're actually really making their lives better because we slow down enough to be intentional about, okay, you know, every word we say has to have a positive impact on everyone's life. And, you know, we miss the boat. I mean, there's stuff that we put out there that pancakes, there's stuff that's awesome. There's everything in between, but we're constantly trying with the right intention. And um, that makes a really big difference. And then having, obviously I'd be totally like, just not even smart if I didn't say, you know, having good staff is so important. And um, people that you trust first and foremost, I think everybody's going for the rock stars, you know, they want like um, the super admin that, you know, does a hundred percent job on absolutely everything. I'm like, I want the people I can trust that I could be stranded on a deserted island with, um, that I love being around. And I can kind of say, here's this concept, like here's how I want it to work. And then they take that over and they're like, okay, this is how we implement it. And they really get the steps kind of lined up one in front of each other and then execute them with their spirit of excellence and with their dedication to making lives better too. So I noticed that you have a really great 
uh, staff. Like I was looking at your website and I was like, wow, look at that. So you being the solo agent that you are, you show all your properties. Do you have a niche that you work in? How much of that is listings? How much of that is the buyer side? Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, that piece of your business. Um, from a logistics perspective, I sell uh, usually kind of 50-50 buyers and sellers, or now I'm, I'm actually tipping a lot more to listings. Um, I'm more like 60-40. Um, with the context that I'm in a market that has been crashing, if you will, for the last five years. Um, if yeah. I get a condo oh. listing, for example, the condos here have about a two to 5% chance of selling. That's our absorption rate for condos. Um, a house has a, you know, two to 10% chance of selling in a given month. Um, average days on market is creeping, you know, between 70 and 90. So things are really, it's a slow process, which is also why it's possible for me to work with so many buyers myself, because it's not like a property comes on the market and you have to see it within 18 minutes, you know, like, or it's going to go in multiples like that night. Right. Um, yeah. So my staff, I have two kind of virtual assistants. They're like stay at home moms. Um, I call them virtual because we, we all work remotely and we actually don't really talk a whole lot. They, we have our systems and they get their work and they do it. Their job, they know um, the principles of their job are you know, to make lives better. So to make my life and my customers' lives better. And then they know, you know they right. have to prioritize and complete tasks. So what prioritizing for them looks like, one is more of a transaction coordinator. Um, she works with the buyers and sellers, takes them from pending all the way to closed and uh, walks them through all of those little steps, you know, gets their lawyer, gets their deposit, you know, all of that kind of like logistical stuff. It's the same every time. So I don't need to be involved unless there's a problem. Um, right. That one's more of a like showing coordinator. So she talks with like, other agents, uh, gets feedback from showings and just, you know, kind of keeps that wheel rolling. Um, and then I have a contract, uh, actually a friend that I went to elementary school with who helps me with uh, walkable Edmonton with the podcast. Uh, she's my event coordinator. She's just kind of like a Jack of all trades, but she's really brilliant. Um, highly competent, worked in media and journalism for uh, quite some time before she came uh, over and worked for me. So she's the kind of person you want if you acknowledge part of your job is as a PR firm. So if you can hire somebody who's a PR expert, you're going to have to pay them like a PR expert. So, um, you know, be forewarned. It's not cheap to have good help. Uh, and then I have my husband who's a photographer. And then from time to time, my mom actually still helps out. She was the OG assistant, um, very original, you know, the one that I hired before I even started full-time real estate sales. Um, and she just does kind of the odd running thing. She pays a lot of my bills. She has like a credit card to my account. Like, like I said, you have to have people you can trust, you know, I, and yeah, I yeah, exactly. yeah. So yeah, no, that's, that's really the logistics of how it works. And then if I am gone, gone, um, like I'm away for a week on a speaking tour, for example, um, and I have somebody who's like, Hey, I really want to see this property. Then I have like five or six different agents that I'll kind of like hand stuff across to, and they'll do showings and, um, I'll either pay them for doing those showings or we'll do kind of like a favor thing. And then I send them buyers as I have overflow and that sort of thing. But, um, for the most part, it works out that I can say, you know, I'm really booked up this week. Can we do next week, especially for listings, especially at this time of year, cause it's minus 40 outside. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a balance. <laughs> That's for sure. 
talking to Jesse and Jesse, Jesse's so funny. I'm like, I remember walking to school, my eyelashes would freeze and my dad would have to plug the car in when we lived in Calgary two different times. I'm like, I remember that. Um, so yeah, you're, you're right. And I like to list that's more my thing. And as a midlife mom in my fifties now, I'm like, I definitely like listing and I have niches with, within like probate and seniors at downsize. I'm in South Florida. So it just naturally was a segue. Um, but tell me a little bit about walkable Edmonton and, uh, what you're doing with that, because I just, I love the lifestyle blog side of my world at this stage of the game. I think it's so fun and cool and it is generating referrals for me. So tell me a little bit about the mindset and how you started that as well. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, I, I think that when I started in real estate, the last thing I wanted to be was normal, you know, like a normal realtor. And by that, I mean, a lot of the marketing that real estate agents do is the same. It's like, pick me, I'm number one. Um, pick me, I give so much money to charity. You know, I'm, it's either like competence-based or character-based, but very few agents were doing clarity-based marketing, which is really like what's important to your customer. And then you talk about that. Usually we just talk about ourselves. That's what we're trained to do, right? The training was like, um, you know, you just talk about how amazing you are and then everybody's supposed to like follow behind you like a Pied Piper. And marketing in 2020 isn't about that. It wasn't about that even two years ago, but you could still get away with it. And this year I think is going to be the first year where realtors who were doing things the traditional way are going to start dying off. And um, I think that the, the programs that they were buying leads from, you know, they're selling those same leads to so many different platforms. Um, unless you become a yeah. specialist these days, I think you're going, your business is going to die. Um, so I looked back five years ago and I thought, okay, very strategically from a business perspective, um, who are the people I like working with the best? You know, we call that like your ideal client avatar. Like who are my people um, yeah. who naturally right. gravitates to me, but also, you know, I'm a business person. So it's not just what houses do I like selling? You know, I think everybody likes selling million dollar houses, for example, because they're pretty, they're, you know, they're nice to sell, they're nice to show and they feel good. Yeah. Yeah right? Like they, they feel good from like the rich, hot and famous standpoint, right? It's like, oh, you know, here I am. I'm so rich. I, you know, I sell million dollar houses, but I had to look very carefully at the Edmonton economy as a business person and say, where's the greatest opportunity for me to build a consistent, profitable business for my family? Um, it wasn't about like, you know, if I could sell horse farms day in, day out, because that's what I love, I would do it. But there's right. you know, those yeah. are really hard to sell. And when you're in an oil economy like ours, you know, I knew five years ago, our crash was going to go straight down and then flatline for a good five more years. So um, who has money? What sells? And who are the people who I really like working with within the context yeah. of business, right? So it has to be a business decision. We, I think so many people are like, I love food, so I'm going to have a food blog. And I'm like, well, you can be the food tour guide of your whole city, but if there's no clarity there, if you don't like tie it back in to, I'm the neighborhood expert, I'm a real estate agent. If you would like to move to this neighborhood, let me show you around some of my favorite places. I think a lot of us are just running HGTV food shows. 
And we've lost that focus in our business that says, sure, I'm doing video. Sure, I'm doing lifestyle, but the lifestyle links back to selling real estate. Um, I think there's just so much out there of really overrated and poorly put together messaging um, about video and people are doing all this video. And I'm like, well, show me the video influencers who are making yeah. multiple, you know, six figure income many times over net, not gross, net six figures a year from their yeah. social media platforms. And there's very few, you know, that's, that's the reality. So um, walkable Edmonton came from the word walkable was not because I just care about walkability. I mean, I do, but it was from what are the keywords that my ideal client says in our first initial sit down meeting, what matters to them in their lives. And the word walkable encompassed a whole lot. You know, it didn't, if you said, I want a walkable home, it doesn't just mean you want a house where you can walk to stuff. It's a lifestyle. It tells me you care about supporting local. You care about your time. Um, you're, educated enough to understand municipal design concepts like walkability. Um, you probably have a social conscience. You probably care about, um, you know, different things than somebody who's maybe living a suburban lifestyle. And one is not better than the other. They're just different value sets, right? So I was like, which value set makes the most sense for me as a business person who's targeting uh, one particular area and what's going to have the best straight up profitability over the long term as a business owner. So the cool thing about when you find your niche is it should be something that's not just like a word or a phrase. It should be a concept that your avatar believes in. And I think a lot of us are like, oh, I believe in food. So I'm going to be the food guy and talk about food, but it's not it's not that it's here's the story of the local businesses. I believe in from the ground up business people, you know, that's what I believe in. So, you know, then you become like the food truck guy and then you go across and you can interview even franchisees, like people who own a franchise, but we care about the story. We care about the community. We care about what walkability means for people is really a better life and making a better world for people. And that's where the real estate brand intersects with the consumer and we get fans, like actual raving fans. Like when people meet me or they send me emails, they're like, Hey, I'm sure you're super busy right now. It's totally different than like the opposite real estate, you know, call me anytime. I'm open 24 yeah. free market evaluation, right? Because all they're putting out there is just, spammy garbage or all their leads are getting yeah. purchased. Now it's the other way around where people come to me and they're like, do you have time for me? I love what you do. You know, I follow walkable Edmonton. We see people at the coffee shop in the morning on a Tuesday and they're like, Oh, is the weekly coming out tomorrow? And yes, the weekly comes out every Wednesday. It's always in your inbox on Wednesday. Um, but they're like, I love the weekly. I love what you do. And I'll meet total strangers and they'll be like, I love what you do. Here's the next thing that happens. It's not just about intersectional belief, right? That's part of it. They believe in it. They're fans of it. Here's the mojo. I am a marketer. If somebody is hiring me, they're spending a lot of money to help me market their property if they're sellers. What do they want in 2020? They don't want somebody anymore who's just, you know, filling out a contract. They want yep. a high level marketing expert. And 
who has an email list of their ideal buyer? This girl, right? I do because I've built it over the years. I've been providing value, 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 value. And in that email, you better believe we have, you know, all sorts of events. We have local stuff that's happening. We have the new restaurants that are opening. It's the go-to kind of news resource for what's happening in walkable Edmonton. But guess what else is in there? Real estate. One of my featured listings, agents of all across the city are like, hey, can you feature my property in Walkable Edmonton? I'm like, nope, <laughs> you didn't build it. You didn't spend the money on it. So it, it was, it, I own it. What, what a compliment. And um, I, had, I actually had something similar happen at an event in the fall at the Go Pink Lunch. And I had a realtor come up to me who I adore. She goes, I sent one of my clients to your Sunbuckle website because you had a whole thing on Stonecraft. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Like I, I like literally like was stunned. Like I used to the same thing. People go, go hey, Sunbuckle. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, I try to have like really cool stuff on there. But when she said that, I was like, oh my gosh. That, that um, wow, that just made my day. But um, so you do your weekly. You've got, I saw your website's fantastic. And and it cross-pollinates with what you're doing and you're not being a secret agent with it either. You're like, hey, I am a real estate agent. This is my brand. This is my website. I love where I live and here's why. Totally. Yeah, my slogan like on my advertising is like live close to what you love. And really everybody has like a live, love, laugh, real estate, whatever, but like have some like aspirational slogan i think that's 2020 that's the new slogan in 2020 not sell your home for the most money it's like you know lifestyle that's the new sell your home for the most money yeah yeah yeah. no no no. i think it's brilliant and um and I, i i love it and i love and you're right because it's a warm hey you're probably busy but Instead of, you know, something that we normally get in our emails or texts or whatever, which is, or I found you on that, 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 you know, um, I would imagine as well. Um, and forgive me because I, I, where I live, it's vacation, retirement, second homes, but it's also, I've been here for 40 plus years. It's old Boca. It's old Florida. I mean, people are not just here on vacation. And it's very established here. Um, I'm getting more and more referrals from real estate agents who, who like the site, who don't live here. And I would imagine you probably get the same thing from agents outside of your area. Yeah, you know, that's, that's why I'm with Remax. Um, you know, not to have like a corporate plug, like I think you can be with any brand. But when I started, I was like, who am I going to be with and how am I going to leverage it? Um, it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to pick, you know, an office. I started as a receptionist, like I said, at Remax. So I knew the brand and in Western Canada, they have by like head and shoulders more market share than anybody else. So it means something here that you're with Remax, but I was like, okay, how can I leverage the brand? Um, and I put myself on an airplane, like, The first I became, I got my own license and I started working on my own like December 10th, I think, um, or January, it was right around kind of that cusp of the new year, 2010. And my first conference was a Toronto conference. And I knew 
zero humans there, like actual zero people. Um, I bought myself like a business suit from Holt Renfrew because I was really young. And when you're young, you have to kind of perform a little bit older, right? So I bought this like theory business suit. It was like all the money I had basically to buy this theory business suit. Um, I remember it exactly. It had this kind of ruffly shirt underneath these like feather earrings. Cause I thought, Oh, I want to have something. They're clip-ons because at that point I didn't even have my ears. Pierced, right. Yeah. I was like, I need something that kind of like makes me memorable. And I went out there knowing no people and just started networking. Cause I thought if I can get, remember I'm in a market that's a yo-yo. We're constantly going up and down and up and down and lately mostly down and not up. So when people go to sell, it's not easy. It's like they don't have a lot of money or they don't have a lot of motivation. There, there's a lot of like, well, I don't have to sell, you know, buy if I find the right thing. People can take these really long drawn out processes. And what I needed were the people who were like, I have a client who's flying in this weekend. And by the time they leave, they need to have bought a house. That sounds like gold to this lady. Like amazing gold right and um same thing with the sellers you know i have to sell because i've been posted i've been relocated and i have to be across you know the country in a month those are the kinds of people who are going to make very wise decisions right they're going to sell for more money anyway because they're actually like on the ball than these like let's just test the market Mm -hmm. anyway right we all know that but um it was good business to have, even with the 25% referral, it was more profitable than a strategy of something else. So the cool thing, like long story short, is that as I started doing Walkable Edmonton, I started talking about it. Um, I did the same as you, I got this fascination from agents and they were like, wait, what is this thing you're doing? Like, how did you build that? How did you, how did you do it? Like, can you teach me how to do it? And, you know, I don't know a single agent out there who's like, man, I would love to make multiple six figures net profit every year off of social media with a total max ad spend per month of $400. Like that's maybe the most we've ever spent. And that's mostly just kind of promoting listings so that we have stats to show. That's it. Crazy. That's so your ad spend is like, it's organic. Mm -hmm. Next to nothing. Walkable Edmonton. I think I think the most money we've ever spent on a single post on Walkable Edmonton is like 10 bucks. Um, 99.99% of our content is not sponsored at all. Um, most of our posts that we put out there get, you know, 50 to 100 likes organically on Facebook as a Facebook page, which is, it proves that if you have good content, Facebook will show your stuff for free. And I'm all about that. I'm all about the profit and all about giving to people. But I'm also like, hey, I don't want to spend bajillions of dollars putting crap out there in front of people because it's a it's a zero sum game, right? Like you spend so much money to get the lead in and then you have to get, you know, a hundred leads for everyone that you close and the game of that stuff, you know, give me your email address and I'll send you a list of properties under 300 grand. Those days are over my friends. They like, you know that that's why you spend so much money too on your lifestyle site. Right. I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, and I I love doing that. I think, um, you know, the, the biggest piece of it is, is that it's throwing off different, um, opportunities for me as far as, um, different streams of income. Um, that I didn't anticipate because this was very un- unintentional. Um, but I, I love what you're saying. And I, one of my questions for you 
know is I know I have someone that, that will write articles for me. Do you have people that are writing for you, like ghostwriters? What are you doing? Because obviously, listen, I can write, but I can't, I mean, there's only so much time in the day. So how are you managing that? And then on your event side, because we just rebuilt out our site and it has an event section, like truly like that. When I tell you this was so last minute when I was like, oh, hashtag Sobook, okay, I'll get on Instagram. And I was like, okay, I'll start, you know, I'm very airy. So I'm like, okay, I'll start. And then I'm like, oh shit, this is actually taking off. I better figure this out. And so I finally was like, all right, what do I need to do here? We're gonna start adding actually advertising opportunities, um, showcase nonprofits in the advertising, and then we're gonna start a business directory on there too. And um, I'm like, okay, I need more, I need more content. Like I need to start tapping into more people, you know, cause I can't, clearly I can't. And I'm not necessarily the, the local calendar for everything. Um, I have calendars on there, but I'm more about the lifestyle, the events, the home decor, the wellness They And I'm, you know, anti-aging cause of the age that I'm at. Um, you know, my client typically is an adult child who um, needs to sell their parents' home or, they're going through, you know, having to sell a house because someone passed away, you know? Um, and it's funny because you're right about the video because people are like, oh, get your clients on video. I'm like, I can't. First of all, it's so disrespectful for me to even ask something like that. I would never do that. But second of all, it's just not that kind of transaction that I'm doing all the time. So, but I can get testimonials in writing. So I do that and then I put them in a little video, you know, but, um, so you do have other, so how did you find your writers? <laughs> I'm curious. Question. <laughs> well, writing and like creative concepts are, um, they're very important. You know, your copy, what you're putting out there is yeah. one of the most important things in your business. And I think a lot of real estate agents will outsource their copy. They'll outsource a lot of stuff without having a true deep dive understanding of who their customer is and what yeah. they really want to be saying. So, um, you know, a little bit of a caution there, I say, you know, if you're not good at it, you need to first get good at it, understand it, and then offload it to somebody, not the other way around. Don't be like, oh, I suck at this, put zero effort into getting better. Um, because there's a billion people out there in real estate, it seems, who want to take your money, but very few of them have real results, you know, net profit, like actual numbers of how did they make a profit for someone in the real estate space. So um, there's this great book called Rocket Fuel, which a lot of people uh, who are listening to this will probably have heard of. Um, and in Rocket Fuel, it talks about every great business has an innovator which is me, or a visionary, sorry, is what they call it, a visionary. So same thing, like innovator, the person with the ideas, the creative yeah, company, yeah. the person who kind of like puts everything together, right? You're like, okay, I need this. I, these are the pieces that I want to put together in my business. And then you have an integrator. Um, and the integrator is a high level person. Most people are like, oh, you can just hire like a low level virtual assistant who's in the Philippines or, you know, somewhere else. And, and, um, who has no understanding of your niche, your market, their needs, their loves, their stuff that they care about. You can't really do that. You have to have somebody who is in your niche. Uh, if you're going to get help, they have to be within your niche and ideally more embedded within your niche than you are. So that's where Sarah came from. I actually have two Sarahs that work for me. Plus me, Sarah, we just were oh my in God. Environment. So um, Sarah H 
uh, was in journalism. She was a client of mine and I actually went to elementary school with her. So in elementary school, um, we were in a lot of the same classes and I was Sarah K and she was Sarah H and we just went our separate paths. And then all of a sudden I had walkable Edmonton started um, on my own. I had photo, I had content, I had video interviews, but I couldn't integrate the concept very well because I was so busy doing what I should be doing, which is selling real estate. Um, you know, yeah. we have to remember, right? Your focus has to be making a profit for your family. Not all of this, excuse me, like making videos and doing all this other stuff. Like it's, it's good, but you have to do it well. Otherwise just go sell more real estate, follow up with your clients, answer their questions. Right. Um, this was a freedom path. And I thought, okay, how am I going to implement it? Um, so I got Sarah and she was immediately on board with the concept. And I'd be like, okay, this is what we want. Like for our events, um, for one, we've never taken a sponsor dollar in our life and we never will. We're not interested in partnering with businesses. We have people in all the time pitching us, Hey, can you feature this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And we're just like, no, sorry, that's not how we operate. You know, we're, um, a, a business, but we have these really high standards and, so for the events, what we were looking for was not just like what anybody can find on Google, you know, like the big, the big stuff, right? Like the, the big Christmas stuff, the lighting of the trees, all of that stuff is not likely to get it. We wanted stuff that was deeply local. So not just local, like it was run in our city. We wanted something that was like for sure walkable and that was the essence of walkability, like, um, you know, kind of like background stuff, backdoor stuff. And we wanted stuff that was a little quirky. So we're a lot more likely to showcase like a drag queen celebration night, for example, um, or like a dance off or, you know, a performance art gallery opening or a documentary series at the local theater um, than we'd ever be about, you know, just like a hockey game. Right, because those are really aren't our people. Everybody knows when the hockey games are. They don't yeah, need I totally get that. newsletter. They they need like the insider stuff. That's what we're providing them because that's what my ideal client avatar cares about. That's what I can give them that they don't have. Like, what do I do on the weekend that isn't the hockey game? That's what their question is, right? That's what keeps them awake at night. Like, what? How can I support a local business rather than how can I celebrate, you know, the big franchise, right? So. I got Sarah right early on because I thought about who do I know who's in my niche, uh, who's like deeply embedded more than I am, who has the skills of being a writer, uh, who has journalism skills. And a lot of the news outlets look to us. They look to our Twitter, they look to our Instagram, they look to our Facebook because Sarah is such a good journalist that she will break the news first. She'll break like, oh, here's a new, you know, back alley access bakery. And then two days later, it shows up in the food section of all of the local news. But I had to look for somebody who was really good. And thankfully, I already kind of knew of her and then I could bring her on. And now she has proven herself so well over the years that her title went from like just kind of a marketing person to the creative director. So she's the creative director of Walkable Edmonton. She's the creative director of Badass Women of Real Estate podcast, um, of the events that we do. She is the director. Like she took over from, you know, I'm obviously the owner. I'm the, you know, main thought process behind it. But now we're at a point where she can kind of take a concept and run with it. And um, everything we do, she keeps that same 
five, like our, our, the podcast, you know, starting to get into coaching when she did it, she, we're really intentional about like, what's a unique story. What's something that is kind of like, you know, a person that we can get on that's going to tell a different story than maybe what most people are expecting. Um, so exactly. you have to find that person and man, like I can't tell you exactly how you could read the rocket fuel book. Um, there is a really great description of what an integrator is and how to find them. Um, there's like a oh, whole job. That, right? uh, it's called rocket fuel. It's a great, great. We have three colleges here in town. And so I'm looking for, you know, interns and things like that. And then I'm, it's funny. You should say what you just said though, someone who's totally integrated. And I'm thinking, and I thought about this the other day, I have a couple of people I see out and about all the time. And I'm like, I need to see if they know how to really kind of write and if they'd be interested in, you know, adding value to the site because I, you know, I'm one person. And so, and I know the vision of it. So I, I completely agree with you. And I think, you know, people like what they see with what we're doing because occasionally my girls are part of it, which is cool. And um, they're like 24 and 29. So, you know, we have a lot of fun together. But I did tell someone like just, like today, they're like, well, I, I want to start like this blog about food. And I went, yeah, I'm not a foodie. I'm a foodie when it comes to eating and drinking wine. I do not want to take 5,000 bloody pictures of my damn salad. I said, I just want to eat it. And I suck at those pictures anyways. So let me do a clink, clink and a boomerang and get it out there. And maybe I'll collaborate with a wine company. But I said, I'm not like, that is not my my path. My path is more about showcasing my town, showcasing the quirky stuff. Um, I have a, a podcast called Hashtag So Book of Stories. And what I'm going to be doing with that is starting interviews with startups and cool shit, you know, not like that stuff, the like everyday stuff. So I, I'm with you on that, you know, and I just have, I'm slowly but surely finding, cause I do have one writer, but, it, and, and I think this goes back to what you're saying before, like, What's your net? What's your vision? And surrounding yourself with people that you really trust. And I think that's the hardest piece, you know, is, is trying to find that. And then, hey, by the way, you know, we make our income <clears throat> through selling real estate and we can't take the eye off the ball. Love it. I love it. Love it. Um, so you already went over your favorite biz book. I'm going to ask you a couple, two more quick questions and we're done. Do you have a favorite app? I know you're all over Facebook because you've got that fabulous group and you're podcasting, but other than the, the, the norm, the Instagrams of the world, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, do you have another app that you really, really like? Uh, kind of unconventional answer would be, I love the settings app <laughs> on my phone. Um, and in, <laughs> yeah, I know it's totally, it's not like a time save, but what I love on it is the screen time limit part of it. So I have maximum screen time for all of my platforms. Every 24 hours is one hour and 15 minutes. So within 75 minutes per day, I must get everything accomplished or my phone literally locks me out. So if you don't know it, like look for the screen time area on your settings and then look within it, set limits. And then you set your limits and it changed my world. It went from me like 
running the risk. And remember, I'm all about focus and intention. So I would run the risk of like spending a little bit too much time on social because I love it. And it's where I make a lot of my income, you know, both as a coach and a speaker, but also, you know, in walkable. And then also in the stream of like networking with people. Right. But yeah. it's so easy to take valuable time and waste it so thinking you're using it well. Right. So my settings app is my unconventional answer to my favorite app. It's really, you know, when you have scarcity. Yeah. Well, that's good. And I get the alert. Um, I'm right around two hours a day. And mainly because I manage two Instagram accounts. If I was only managing one, that would be different. But that includes everything. That's all my little platforms, you know. Uh, but if I only had one, then I'd probably just be a little less. But Imagine hashtag Saboka and the Michelle B. So same kind of scenario. Um, and the do not disturb part of your settings is amazing. I started doing um, about 7.30 at night to eight o'clock in the morning because mm -hmm. I just needed to just shut it down. Because, you know, we get clients and they'll call at any time and I'm like, I'm done with this. This, no, mm -mm, this can wait. Or other agents. Um, who would you break bread with and like i would say dead or alive who would you break bread with and who who would it be and what would you have for your meal uh well i the the first person who of course comes to my mind is um uh, my first daughter who passed away um ruby so in a million years, if I had any one person on earth that I could, you know, see what she's up to, right? Like if, if she was around and I could see, and we would eat whatever she wanted, <laughs> you know, if it was spaghetti or um, French fries or, you know, anything like that, you know, I'm, just to kind of know who she would have been, she would have been almost eight, like turning eight right away. And just yeah. to kind of get to know her world. And, you know, I always think as a mom, you get to know your kid um, a little bit. Like, I always felt like I kind of knew the essence of her um, before she was born, even. I kind of thought, you know, she would be this, like, really spunky, like, uh, brave, courageous, like, big personality. That's just always, you know, because I think you're, like, you're really two spirits, right? You have two spirits living in one person. And that's always who I thought. And I, I thought later on when I was pregnant with Zoe, um, that she would be really kind and really sweet and a really, you know, kind of gentle heart and, you know, not like super, you know, blah, all the way out there and stuff. And that was what Ruby, I always thought would be like, and Zoe is exactly that, you know, and I, I spent a lot of time thinking about it. Cause I was like, I wonder if this is true. Like, I wonder if I have this essence thing down and, um, Zoe's just, you know, so short of hanging out with, uh, Ruby, I would Zoe anytime, you know, I, I love that. Kid. Yeah, I love that. And yeah. You know, you could say like, celebs whoever but like my world is my family so if i had just if i was given one hour i'd be like yeah you know one of the two of them ideally both but you know i take a, a living life totally yeah. any day too i totally get that i spend a lot of time with my family uh, which i married into and, and then had and i you know i posted something on facebook um on Saturday because my dad's been gone for about 30 years and I was expecting Kylie at the time. So it was very difficult. And um, 
you know, I was like, you know, you never get over, you know, these things. And um, yet at the same time, so many remarkable things happened, you know, over the years. And I'm very grateful to my family um, for being who they are. So it, it, it's amazing. Um, my last question for you is, this is the Real Estate Influencer Buzz podcast. Who influences you? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I spend a lot of time, well, I've probably, you know, my, one of my best friends that I've followed and hung out with and gone skiing with and had some hilarious adventures with over the years is John Cheplak, who a lot of people know. Um, he's really part of our family, you know, like when, when, we all go skiing, you know, Zoe spends the time sitting on his side of the, the table at the restaurants and, you know, they're like hanging out and coloring and most people don't see that side of John. So, um, you know, he's become a very good friend of our family, like part of our family, really. He's, he's part of the crew. Um, I, a lot of the people in his mastermind have really become very good friends of mine over the years. Um, Deborah Beagle, I look up to a whole ton. You know, she's such a leader, uh, number one Remax team in the world, and she just does such cool things. And she's one of the grittiest human beings I know. You know, she practices what she preaches. Um, I love Amy Youngren because, you know, she's become a friend over the years. Um, I love her vision and I love her, like, obsession with fashion. Um, she's always, you know, looking at the fashion space and, you know, really kind of, bringing this really uh, timeless aesthetic to her work and to her people and really doing something that's quite different. So she's a real influence on my life. Um, and then I've got to say, you know, I think I started this Facebook group kind of on a lark, the Badass Women of Real Estate. And all of the women in there have been such a massive influence on my life. Um, because they, they buck the trend. You know, they're people who collaborate with each other. I mean, I have to kind of keep in there, I will tell you, and, you know, keep the spammers out and keep the, you know, all oh, of yeah, that. I saw that. <laughs> like, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Get out. No, no, no. Like, keep it, keep it cool. But there's so much in there of, like, sharing and encouraging each other um, that makes it yeah. really, That has been really inspiring to me, too. It's a really great group. It really, it really is. And um, I, I'm, I, I'm proud of you for starting it. And I love the name of it. You know, I just love it. I mean, it's just fantastic. And, you know, I think that's it. We as women, we're badasses and we just, you know, we need our own space and it's great to um, be, you know, part of groups that where we're talking, we're talking the same thing. You know, and sometimes in other groups, it's just, you can't have these conversations. You know, we have different struggles. We're women. We have different struggles, different stresses. You know, I mean, like I said, I've been married 30 years. And when I say to my husband, what the hell? Stop playing with the AC. You know, like I'm menopausal for <laughs> Stop, you know, I'm working from home. You're killing me. Or, you know, it's like, oh, like I can't, you know, I can't like go in other groups and like go, listen, you know. <laughs> this is what's going on. I'm a little cranky today, you know, and this is why that's what I like, you know, is that you can share your experiences and bounce things off of other uh, female agents, which I think is great. Well, I so appreciate your time today. I know you've got a busy schedule and um, I'm thrilled to talk to my Canadian friends. That's what I love about social media. It's like, great. 
And um, I'm, I'm going to be at R4. I don't know if you're going to be there or not, but I will be there this year. Uh, I was there last year for the first time, and I met so many cool Remax people. It was like ridiculous, like crazy. So go to conferences, no matter who you guys work for. They're well worth it. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's a real honor to get to like just chat with you. I know, and you've got Walkable Edmonton. Is there anywhere else people can follow you? Um, at Sarah Kelke is probably the the main one. That's where I, you know, have a lot of my main stuff on Instagram and on Facebook at Sarah Kelke, and uh, okay. I have a coaching website called SellMoreLiveMoreCoaching.com um, for all the many people who want to reach out and figure out kind of how to do the same stuff uh, that I do. There you go. Great. Well, thank you. So so much and uh thanks guys for joining us today and sarah i really appreciate your time today thanks again thanks for listening to the real estate influencer buzz i'm your host michelle balasari and you may not know but my podcast was an inman innovator finalist out in Las Vegas in 2019. So I'm so happy that you are here. I try to have lively, informative, and motivational guests every month on my podcast. If you'd like to subscribe, we would love it. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, iHeartRadio, Buzzsprout, all of the fine podcast platforms out there. If you'd like to connect with me, Please follow me on Instagram at the Michelle B. And I always have some sort of freebie, by the way, that you can grab when you click the link in that bio. Also, I have a website and it's called sipsocialcell.com where I have blog posts and information on classes and webinars that I'm also going to be teaching. So I look forward to having you join me every week for a SIP social sell sesh on the Real Estate Influencer Buzz podcast. Have a fabulous day.